You're listening to a sermon from crckulaman.org. A minute's break and everybody's, you know, there's a buzz in the air as everybody just blesses and encourages each other. It's great. Hey, isn't it good to be, be here and part of family together? So um, it's always nice to, to get out here and catch up with everybody. So bless you. Um, it's my privilege to introduce to you our guests uh, today because um, I've known Hands, particularly, I've known for a lot for a lot of years. But what I'll do is I'll I'll introduce Tim first, and then I'll introduce Hands, because Hands is our speaker. But Tim's going to come and say a few words too, and and whatever to you. So I've only met Tim this last week. Oh well, not really. Um, he gave me a call uh, about a couple of months ago, and was just you know we just sort of uh, talking about some of the things we've got in common. Tim's from uh, the Eyre Peninsula, sort of a regional area in South Australia. And um, a growing network of churches there under his, um, you know, built, built out from the church that he's a part of there. And so um, he wanted to ring and talk about how our churches relate together and how we connect together and, and just see how that looks like uh, in a different setting. And so it's just such a privilege to have him here. We caught up at the national conference a couple of weeks ago and then I've, I know I've really... Not sure about how he's going, but I've really enjoyed getting to know him. We've got so many things in common, and it's just been great to have him with us since last Wednesday night. He's been staying with us, and we've been working him a little bit, you know. Um, Thursday, we had a regional pastors meeting, um, a gathering of our pastors from around the region, and there was about uh, 25 of us that were together, and we had a really nice time hand shared with us, and we interacted. Friday night, we had a regional uh, youth meeting over in Griffith and so um, they both spoke at that and we had about 50 young people over there which was a nice gathering of, of youth together. And then uh, Saturday I took them farming, so Hans drove a tractor for the first time except for one of those pedal tractors he said when he was a little fella. I mean they're real tractors aren't they? I mean there's nothing more real when you're three years old than getting on one of those tractors, I tell you. Um, anyway, so what brand was that, you know? No, it doesn't matter. Really. Anyway, so we put him on a Massey Ferguson. Who likes Massey Ferguson's? We stuck him on a Massey Ferguson yesterday, a real tractor, and gave him a bit of a drive. And, uh, and uh, Tim, he's a farmer, though, from, from uh, over there in the Air Peninsula. So it's really great to, to have Tim with, with us, and he can come and say a few words in a minute. Hans and I go back to about the 80s. Um, yes, the 80s do exist. Uh, they were there. I was there for them. I can tell you they were there. But um, we were involved in youth ministry back then together and we ran a few national youth um, events and I was telling the guys this morning in Narendra, one of them I remember and we've chatted about is down in a place called Kyneton, um, not too far from Ballarat. Uh, yep, yeah, yay Ballarat, is that it? Yep. yep. Um, and so um, uh, Kyneton was my hometown but actually we had a youth uh, convention there and there was about 500 uh, people and for those who've been on the, in the Christian circles for a while, Winky Prattney was our guest speaker. Heard of Winky Prattney? And Chuck Gerard was the worship leader. How's that for a pretty good mix? And Phil Pringle came one time as well. Yeah, a different time, I think. But anyway, that one there I remember particularly. But what happened was Hans was leading it. I got myself on the team, so I just sort of hung around and sort of any photos, I just got in them and said I helped organise it. But really, I didn't do too much. I was just there learning all I could from the experts like, uh, like Hans. But then we've taken a journey together. 
um, on our national exec together and he's led the states of South Australia, Northern Territory and West Australia and now I've been leading uh, New South Wales, ACD, Queensland. So we'd meet together fairly regularly and, and we really uh, journey together in ministry and in life uh, together. And we bump into each other in Sri Lanka every now and again as well because we've both got a heart for the work in Sri Lanka. So with all that in mind, it's no wonder that I'm so excited to have hands here to minister today. Um, a little bit later too, I'll invite him to come up. And what he does sometimes, uh, one of the ways that God uses him is to, to bring a, a word, a prophetic word to, um, to people. He won't be able to do everyone today, but as he's just ministering or whatever, he'll just feel to share a word with, with some of us, I think, to see how the Lord leads today. Uh, if he does, then what I'll do is I'll have a card there and I'll write down the verses and the because mostly he uses verses, gives you maybe a message and then just gives you some verses to back it up. I'll write the verses down and give it to you later. So if he sort of suddenly says, Rhonda, I've just got a word for you. He won't know your name, so he'll say the lady there looks in the beautiful pink scarf. and He'll say something like that, I'm sure. But um, anyway, so he'll, um, he'll give a word. and So you don't need to worry about grabbing a pen and paper. You just listen and, and I'll write it down for you and pass it to you. Is that all right? Just thought that's important to say because otherwise you get distracted and don't get, you know, whatever. So we've done a journey together. He's just um, finished up pastoring a church at Stirling, a really significant church there. By significant, it is a good-sized church, but significant in the sense that it's had a really good mission expression into overseas countries. Um, there's been many leaders that have raised up and other churches planted from that church, and that's what makes it significant, um, you know, in my mind anyway. And so it's really great to have him here uh, and share with us. So, Tim, if you want to come... And uh, just say hello and whatever you want to say. Thank you. Well, uh, thank you for having me uh, in your wonderful area. And I just want to uh, commend you guys as a network of churches and also as this church that uh, as soon as you walk in the door of any of the churches that I've been to, there's just been such a welcoming atmosphere. Uh, and, you know, it is that country atmosphere, I guess, anyway. But there's also the, there's such a presence of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, we, we can welcome people uh, and, and that will go so far. But, but when we rock up into a church service week in and week out and, and we meet people and, and God comes with them, you know, that is just, you, we, you can't buy it. And, uh, and that's where we get great change in our lives. And so I just want to thank you for, for thank Trevor and, and his wife and, and all of the pastors and all the people that, have, that I've, we've seen, Hans and I have both seen. And, you know, you guys have made it such a special trip for us, but also... You know, it's just such, such quality churches and such quality people. So I just want to commend you and, and thank you for, for, for having us around. So thank you very much. Straight into it. Straight into it. Straight into it. So, Rhonda, I have to have a word. Is it Rhonda? pressure I said to Annette but it's a privilege to be here and uh, we had a great time with the pastors on um, last Thursday wasn't it already and uh, it's great to give a word for Annette as well as many of the other pastors and leaders there but um, Rhonda just we'll give you a word just to encourage you okay not just to encourage you but I pray it will be an encouragement you know, just remember always, and it's true for all of us, and as I give words to people, many times um, people would say, oh, I wish you'd given that to me. Well, then go up to that person, get a copy of it, because it's just, it's just the word of God, all right? And it's true for everybody. 
and I may be using somebody here as a catalyst for a whole bunch of people to receive encouragement. So just, uh, I just feel like God wants to remind you, and it's pretty self-obvious, but larger hands than yours guide your destiny. You know, there's, there's a tremendous power of God that's available to you and I. And, you know, we get so caught up sometimes in the, in the sense of us having to control our destiny and purpose and try to make it out. And we have to remind ourselves that it's God who's in control. And in Psalm 145, in verses 15 and 16, it says, The eyes of all who look expectantly to you, uh, and uh, all our eyes look expectantly to you, and you give us food in season. And uh, I just want to remind you just of, the, of where your source of supply is, and uh, just to, to look to him. Now, I'm not a walking concordance, so what I tend to do is write down lots of scriptures in my precious little book. If I ever lost this, I'd have to start all again with God. No, no, seriously. I, and God gives me verses, and I, I write them down on bits of paper and then put them in here, and then I sometimes sense that they're for other people as well. So I, 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 you know, I just want to remind you that God is in control of what's flying ahead for you, okay? And it's a good thing for us all to remember but particularly for yourself. Um, in 2 Timothy 3, in verses 14 and 15, it says, Continue to do what you have learned, since you were even very young. And I don't know if you've been in this since you were young, but whatever. Just continue to grow in what you have learned. Because there's a, in a sense, we can all be young in the Lord as well. And there's lots more to learn and to grow in. Okay? So... Um, from, it says, from infancy you learned the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise through faith in the Holy Spirit. And I, I just sense the Lord would open up his word to you in richer and more full ways in the times that lie ahead. And in it you'll just find that the wisdom that you can impart to others as well. Because there's lots of people in our worlds who are struggling to find out the pathway forward. And, you know, if you have that profound sense in your own life that larger hands than yours are guiding you, then you're in a place where you can take others on a journey of, with confidence because you know that God goes before you. And I sense that God would use you to impact quite a few people significantly in the days ahead. And it will come out of the sense of your own confidence in God going before you. You know, if you're not sure about the way, it becomes very anxious about showing somebody else the way. But if you know that there's someone out front, namely Holy Spirit, who knows the way and you're following him and you, then you can say, come on, let's go. You know, and I feel that's what God's saying to you this, this, this afternoon, not this morning. Hebrews 13, 21, it says, and he will equip you with everything good. So just, just there's a provision of God for you that um, I just feel like this afternoon God just wants to affirm for you. And Proverbs 3, 5, don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your paths. That's really the expression of that very sense that I just said. In 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 2, it says, now is the time of God's favour. So you watch some stuff unfold that will just give you great joys. Huh? Yeah, sure. I hope you receive all of these. Hebrews 10, 19 to 20 says, So have confidence, therefore, to now enter into a new and a living way. So I sense pathways before you, pathways of destiny for yourself, but also as you do that, uh, that as you remember, larger hands than yours are guiding your destiny, 
you'll be confident about taking some people on a journey of, of destiny and direction for them as well. Does that connect with you at all? Now, now um, as um, Trevor said, he, he's written these down. can pass it on to you. Let's just pray for you, Rhonda. Now, how was that? I knew your name. I wonder where I got that from. <laughs> Father, I just thank you for Rhonda. As much as we joke and jest, the reality is you know her name and you know her destiny. Large hands are guiding you, Rhonda. And we just thank you, Father, for your providence that's been upon her since a long time ago. And we thank you, Father, that she can be confident in the Holy Scriptures, not only which have been given to her now, but have been given to her continually to, to light up the path of her life. And we pray, Lord, that that would just give her uh, uh, an ever-present sphere of influence in the network of people that come upon her life, that they'll look at her and where she's going with such clarity and direction, they'll say, I want what you've got. Take me on the journey. Show me the pathway forward. And you'll say, well, this is the way. Walk in it. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And is that your... Are you husband and wife? Wow. Well, maybe i better give a word about knowing so. All right? <laughs> If you don't know that by now, then this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I understand that sentiment as well. <laughs> just, just, can I give you a word as well? Uh, and it's, um, you know, don't, don't be, you know, as guys, you know, particularly sometimes, we, tr we try to nut everything out before it happens, you know. And we're scared to make wrong decisions. And yet in that process, sometimes we, we limit what we can and can't do because there's a deep down fear that causes a caution that's unnecessary if we're walking with God. Because God, God goes before us, a bit like what we just said. But just to remind you that in the midst of the decisions of your life, to not be fearful, but to keep, keep trusting Him. And so here's some verses that, um, just to remind you not to fear. Because, you know, fear is, a, fear is a gripping thing in all of our lives. And, but I, was, I, I know that in a lot of men's hearts, even though they don't admit it, there's a profound deep down insecurity based upon their inability to really be confident about what's, what the future holds. And they feel like they've got to make it happen in themselves. And uh, Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, So do not fear, I am with you. You know, just, I just want to encourage you that in your journey together as a couple, that, that you're not to fear what lies up ahead. Don't fear, I am with you. And in 1 John 4, verse 18, it says that perfect love, it casts out that fear. So, you know, I'm not saying you're a fearful person, but, you know, the more, the more actually in some senses, the more responsible we are, the more we sometimes feel fear because we don't want to do anything wrong <coughs> because we've got such a profound sense of wanting to do things right. And that can limit us sometimes to step out in faith. And so, you know, I just think in the journey that you're on together, if what I shared with Rhonda affects you, which it will if you're living together <laughs> as husband and wife, then, then, then there's going to be challenges for you to overcome fear and cautions that would, even at your juncture in life, still hold you back from opportunity. And that's not, it's, it, that God knows, he goes before you. All right, Second Timothy 1 and verse 7 says, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and soundness of mind. 
And, uh, you know, these are verses, and judging by the way you're, you're restating them to me as I'm quoting them, these are verses you know, but, you know, there's another thing to really live in the depths of those. In James 1, verses 5, or 6, and eight, 6 to 8, it says, Ask, believe, don't doubt, because when you're double-minded, you're unstable in all your ways. You know, and uh, we all know that tension that we can have between will I, won't I? Will I, should I, should I know? You know, that indecision, that's based upon us not wanting to do the wrong thing, but in the process stops us from doing anything. And, uh, you know, I just want to encourage you to take the steps of faith that are still before you and see new doors of opportunity open up for both of you. You're a delightful couple who obviously are important to this house. Most people who stand on the door and greet people have obviously got something to offer. And so thank you for your warm welcome, as Tim's mentioned it before. But may that be the attitude of what opens up before you, that you'll welcome many other people on a journey forward. God bless you. Does that connect with you? What's your name? Ray. Ray. Father, we just thank you for Ray. Thank you for Rhonda. Thank you for their marriage together. We pray, Lord, that the two of them would become strategic to this house in the times that lie ahead and to many other people as they take them on the journey, a positive journey forward, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, this probably belongs more to Trevor than it does to me because I got it off his wife. It's a, it's a 50 cent piece. And it introduces what I just want to talk to you for a while about this, morning, this afternoon. Excuse me if I keep saying morning because I'm used to speaking in mornings. The two sides of the coin. You know, this... There's a duality to the way we live our lives, and we just expressed it actually around communion. There's two ways that we view things. In communion, we remember all that we are in Christ, all that's been done for us. But as Annette reminded us, there's also a whole heap of things we look to to become better and to be transformed by the power of God in it. So here's this duality. What we are and what we are becoming. Okay, and it's, it's that that I want to talk to you about this afternoon. The kingdom that is now, and the kingdom that is yet to come. And on this uh, particular coin, as in most coins, there's two sides to the coin. There's the head side with our beloved queen on it, and on the other side is the Australian coat of arms on this particular 50 cent piece. Um, both are as valid, both, both are important. You can't separate one from the other. And, you know, if I flick it up in the air, what's going to come up? Yes. How many of you, Jason, knew that? <laughs> it was heads. But it could have been tails. And uh, it's heads again. <laughs> Third time lucky? Tails. I'm going heads again. It's tails. Man. <laughs> See, that's the basic problem with gambling. <laughs> you think you're on a roll and then you blow it. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, there's both sides on this coin that are there. And I better give the 50 cent back to my brother before I... Oh, yeah, you give it back to Sandra. <laughs> you know, let me explain a few things to you. There is us in Christ and Christ in us. Now let me try and, because this is a bit of, bit of 
maybe deeper theology, but the reality is you live in the midst of it all the time. You know, I've got a good friend who um, um, I've known for a long time who, who I don't think he's really ever changed. He's a Christian, he loves God, but he has this sort of sense that, well, God's done it all, I can just sort of sit back and it's, it's uh, you know, I'm accepted. And there was, you know, in a, in a lot of the older Pentecostal um, environments that I grew up in, there was this, how are you, brother? Oh, I'm great, I'm rejoicing in Christ, hallelujah. I'm seated in heavenly places with God. You know, that sort of language that can happen. And it's true. It's obviously very true. It's one side of the coin. But in the process, many people sat back and remained exactly the same as they were, never really moving on in God, never really maturing or developing. The kingdom had come, but the kingdom wasn't becoming. And then there were other people that I can think of who were always striving to become good enough <laughs> and trying to make the kingdom of God happen in their lives. And so there's never this, any sense where they're truly already accepted. Now, you know, I have four boys and they're all, most of them are married now and got grandkids and so on. But, you know, the challenge for, for raising those boys was both to fill them with a profound sense that they are loved with, by my wife and I regardless, that they're secure in our love, they have become, they are in Christ, in hands, in me, in that sense, you know. But they are also to be changed and transformed to become more like me and Fiona and ultimately Christ who we hope we can lead them into. So, you know, there's this process and this tension that we live in and we remind ourselves of it actually in communion. Of all that Christ has done for us, but because he has done it for us, we want to become responsive to that and become more like him. And these introduce a couple of really big thoughts to us that if we can grab hold of them, they can really help us in the wonderful journey of becoming uh, Christians and fulfilling the awesomeness of being Christians together and growing as a community of faith. Because in this church, what I hope will happen in the times that lie ahead, there'll be a whole bunch of people who come in here filled with their insecurities and filled with their uh, lack of sense of who they are, who'll suddenly discover who they are in Christ. And they'll just feel so, oh, thank you that I'm a son and daughter of God. They'll find an assurance of that, a deep down profound sense of acceptance that will just give them a rock solid foundation to their future. The same as I would want my kids to always feel that in the way that, my that we as parents love them. But also what I hope will happen is that as they come and sit in these places, they won't remain the same. But they'll be changed and transformed from one degree of glory to the next, as the Apostle Paul said, that we will be continually becoming better people. And that if I was to come back into this church, as I said this morning to the congregation, we'll come back in a year's time, that we wouldn't be all just at the same level, but we will have moved up a level. We would have gone on in Christ. You know, and that's what God wants to do in the life of any healthy church, is it for it to be a transformational atmosphere, not based upon getting right with God, but because we are right with God. 
You know, and that's such an important thing. And both those things need to work side by side. And at times they can feel a bit of a tension. And if we live in either one of them to the exclusion of the other, we end up in a wrong place. One brings us, if we just live in who we are in Christ, we live in an atmosphere of arrogance and unreal, uh, uh, sort of almost a false realism that puts us in a place of superiority upon everybody else and we look down on them because we've got it all together. I'm seated in heaven. Yes, I'm great, brother. Or if we live in the other side only... We're always in defeat, never good enough, always striving to become somebody better, never realising that we actually are already accepted in the Beloved. Okay, here we go. So in John 14, 20, it says, At that day you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I in you. So there's those two terms, you in me and I in you. Okay. Uh, John 15 says it this way, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bear much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. How do you bear much fruit? By understanding that you abide in him and you allow him to abide in you. Now those two things I, I just would want to encourage you in, in as a church this, this afternoon is that you can grow in both those dimensions in a way that will just so enrich your lives. Here's the two sides to our salvation. Okay, on the one side, it's you and me, and on the other side, uh, which is what we are, it's in an instant, and the other side is I in you, which is what we are becoming, and it occurs in time. The instant thing happens when we get born again. In a moment, we're born into the family of God. When, when my children were born, they didn't have to earn to become anything in our family. They just were born into our family. It just was, ding, there they are. They are now fully Vortmans. <laughs> well, and a few hours of labour on the way out too. <laughs> Oh, no, I, you know, I lived with my wife through all the pain. <laughs> breathe, breathe. No, I, I honour the ladies who do it tough. And some of you have done it particularly challenging in terms of bringing birth. But, you know what, let's get back to the main point of the game here. In an, in an instant, you become part of this amazing family of God. And I'm just so grateful that so many of you here, if not all of you, could consider yourselves firmly and clearly and solidly accepted in God's family. Happened in an instant. But there's also that sense of now what you are becoming, the other side of the coin. By the way, do you like the coin? How many of you would like a few of those coins? I would. You know, they they do exist. There is a $200 Australian gold coin. It's a gold sovereign made by the Perth Mint and there's a few people who were lucky enough to get them. They're probably worth a lot more than $200 now because the value of gold's gone up significantly. But they... Huh? Well, there weren't that many of them made, uh, but there, are, there is a $200 coin. So I'm not just pulling one on you, okay? And just if any of you've got one of those, I'm quite happy to hold that up and flick it around for you. <laughs> 
So let's just move on a little bit more. One represents the kingdom that is now, and the other is the kingdom that is yet coming. And the joy of the Christian life to me is that we don't just... It's not a static thing. We become Christians and then we have the joy of coming into this amazing family of God. And, you know, it's awesome to introduce people to a whole new family and they feel born again and they realize they're part of something much bigger than themselves. But it doesn't end there. It gets better every day. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes I talk to people and they say, oh, I'm just... Christian life's a bit boring, and I think, well, there's something wrong with you because the problem isn't with God. God's inviting us all on a journey that gets better every day, and you're discovering more and more what He intends your life to look like. And it's a fulfilling, rich, wondrous thing. And I wake up every day with that sense of, okay, what's going to be better today than yesterday? What more can, is going to happen, Lord, today? What am I going to discover more about you? You know, you don't often realise the significant things that are happening in your life until well afterwards. You watch those trees grow out there, and how many of you saw them grow just now? But you come back in a year's time, and I'm sure they'll be a fair bit bigger than they are now. But the reality is something is happening right now, you just can't see it. All right? And something is happening here, right now, we just don't always see it. But it's happening. The presence and power of God that is changing you and I. Of course, you can die too. (laughs) You can just shrivel up. You can stop the things of God happening in your life. You know, and that's not God's plan and intention at all. So there's the kingdom of God now, the kingdom of God that is becoming. One represents our standing. It's sometimes called our positional place. Our position in Christ. It's that which we stand in. It's that which is rock solid. It's that which we have as a firm foundation. You are a child of God. And don't let the devil or anybody else ever cause that to be doubted in your mind. You're positionally seated in Christ. You're a son and a daughter of God. Isn't that awesome? Not because of who you are, but because of who he is and what he did for you. That's what we just remembered in communion. But there's also our state. It's our relational reality. And it's what we are becoming, as I said before. And our state can vary. Some of you may be still children in the faith. Others of you may have grown on to be young men and women in the faith. Some of you are fathers and mothers in the faith. Part of you are on that journey towards becoming more and more like Christ to varying degrees. So here's a a, a diagrammatic expression of that. The first one is our legal status and it shows us in Christ. So Christ is on the outside and we're on the inside and when God looks at us, he doesn't see us, he sees Jesus. Okay? And Colossians 3.3 says, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So remember, when God looks at you, he doesn't see you for all that is inadequate in you, for all that is yet becoming. He looks at you in what you have become. It's your legal status. It's what you are. When my children are born to me and they're given a birth certificate which says they're born of, the, of, of my wife and I, they legally have the status, and that birth certificate says, you are a Vortman. 
They can reject me, they can walk away from me, but they are nonetheless legally accepted as a Vortman. And they can claim a passport in that name and all the rights that go with that. Us in Christ is that legal status where we are in Him, enshrined our lives in the presence and reality of who Christ is. That gives me such confidence to negotiate every day. And when the devil comes along and says, who do you think you are? I can truly say, well, I am a child of the living God and I rest in that security. Hallelujah. Now here's um, a few things that's, that come out of that. What we are is our legal state. What we are is what, we, what Christ has already done. It's imputed. By that we mean it's, it's, it's placed in you. You know, when you're born again, it's called imputed righteousness. It's you become a living being spiritually. You can't cause yourself to become born again. It's a miracle of rebirth. And whenever you see it happen in someone, you go, imputed right. God has put his righteousness into us and we have become alive to God. And our spirit, which was atrophied and died and dead, suddenly is alive to Christ. It happens in a moment and it establishes our standing and we stand as daughters and sons of the living God. Hallelujah. Here's some verses that just remind us of that. Romans 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, what? Is that present tense or future tense or past tense? Since we have been justified through faith, we have now peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. Romans 8.1 Therefore, since there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 1.3 Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. The whole tense of those is what's already happened. It's our standing. Here's a couple more. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form and you have been given fullness in Christ who is the head over every power and authority. This should bring such confidence and strength to this church that you guys stand together as sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. Now we come to the other side of the coin, which is Christ in us. I in you, Jesus said. And we reverse it in a sense here, where Christ is in our hearts, but the us still shines out. <laughs> and the us needs to grow Oh, sorry, the Christ needs to be let out so that more and more of him becomes us. And the us starts to disappear and the him starts to grow. Colossians 3.10 put it like this. So now put on the new self, which is being transformed, as in, uh, transformed into the image of its creator. Put on the new self. This is an ongoing daily act that you and I do. 
And one of the things that I trust Sundays do encourage you in, and all that is the life of this church, is that you are encouraged to put on the new self, which is being transformed into the image of its creator. Here we go. So what are we becoming? It's our moral or our literal state. And our moral state can change and be transformed. And I don't, as we said before, we don't want to just stay at the same moral state we're at now, but that we can move from glory to glory, from faith to faith. Uh, it's what Christ is ongoingly doing in our lives, that he is at work to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's imparted, not imputed. It continues to outwork itself in our lives and it represents our state. Here's some verses that remind us of that. I have been crucified with Christ, that's the legal status, and I no longer live, but it's Christ that lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who lives in me and gave himself for me. To them God has chosen to make known the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So I say, therefore, now live by the Spirit and keep in step with the Spirit, which is something we talked about this morning for those of you who were at um, Narandra. 1 John 4, 4, You dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. There's a power of God that's within us that's about changing and transforming us. So here, let's summarise this. Here are the two sides of the coin. On one side is our standing. And it's often used, the, the, the doctrine is called justification, which means just as if I'd never sinned. You're justified. You stand justified before God. When God looks at you, when you get to heaven, it's not based upon any of your good works. It's all based upon the grace of Jesus Christ in your life. You get into heaven, why? Because you're a son and a daughter of God, and that's established the moment you get saved. Hallelujah. It's imputed. It, it's, it represents our approach to God. Uh, it's our standing uh, against the devil. In other words, we say, devil, we stand on who we are in Christ, and we're not going to accept any of your uh, statements that cause us to feel inferior, inferior or inadequate. Here's a verse. In whom we have boldness and, and access with confidence through faith in him. There's your state, the other side of the coin, which is called the state of sanctification, which is that where you are now is not where you're going to end up. You're going to continue to change and transform yourself by the power and the presence of God. Hallelujah. I'm being sanctified through and through. Body, soul and spirit, says at the end of uh, 1 Thessalonians 5. It's imparted. It continually gets given to me. Every day afresh, the presence and power of God to change hands into a better hands, to take the old hands out of me and put the new hands in. Hallelujah. It's the way we approach self and it's the way we respond to our world. It is based upon our state. And Philippians 2.12 says, Work out therefore your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now those two verses at the bottom there seem in contrast, don't they? One side of the coin says you've got boldness to access with confidence and the other side it says you're to work it out with fear and trembling. 
Both are true. Both are significant. Because one represents the kingdom now and the other represents what the kingdom is becoming. Here's a couple more verses to remind yourself of. For through him we have access to the Father by one spirit and consequently we're no longer foreigners and aliens but fellow citizens with God's people, members of his household. But that's our standing. And now what we are becoming is the next bit. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be ongoingly transformed and changed by the renewing of your mind. The first one represents our standing And the second one represents what we are becoming. So here are the two sides of the coin. One side says, I thank you God for all that you've done. The other side says, I thank you God that it's still becoming. We serve God, and this is maybe a key thing to finish with. We serve God Not to get right with God. We serve God because we are right with God. Do you understand what I'm saying? We serve right not to earn his we serve God not to earn his or gain his favour. We serve God because we have his favour. It's a huge difference. You know, when my kids uh, do what I say as a father because they're trying to earn my favour, if if I don't if I don't do it, he'll come down on me like a ton of bricks. That's a very different atmosphere in the home to when they know they're loved and accepted and they're doing it because they want to and because they just love their dad and they're secure in his love and they just want to please my fa- their father because that's what's coming out of their heart. You're accepted by God and that should give great confidence and a bedrock foundation to all that this church is. You are children of the living God. Hallelujah. doesn't matter how you look on the outside. doesn't matter where you're at, whether you've just got saved or you've been saved forever. <laughs> whether you, where you are on the journey, we're all at the same place. We're accepted as the sons and daughters of God. That's our standing. But then there is also that which is our positional place, what we are becoming. And that's the joy of what I trust this church can be for you. It's a place of nurture, a place of growth, a place of where you cheer each other on, a place where the old you is left behind and a new you is becoming revealed day by day. And you do it not to gain the favour of God, but because you have the favour of God. Hallelujah. Two sides of the coin. Some people live in one or other of the extremes. They're both there. We're both being, we've both been justified and we're being sanctified. And far from them being uh, opposing concepts, they're concepts that add together to the richness of what is our salvation. And I thank God for his kingdom that has come and his kingdom that is becoming here in Coolum. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Father, I just pray for this church. I pray for its destiny in you. I pray for the individuals that make it up. I pray, Lord, that you would just take them forward from glory to glory. But may they also just stand strong in the glory that is theirs already because they are accepted in the beloved. Hallelujah. May many, many people come into this church in the years that lie ahead who have lived their lives on shaky foundations 
always trying to prove and find who they are. May they find themselves as sons and daughters of the living God. May there be many people who come into this place and suddenly feel at peace because they're at peace with God. That they're born again and that something in them has come alive. The Spirit of Christ in them, the hope of glory. But Lord, may they also then continue to find this a place that nourishes and takes them forward on the great journey of joy that is the Christ, Christ at work in his church, perfecting his bride, making them all that it was supposed to be. And that, Lord, we would all become better people and we'd cheer each other on and people would come into this place and say, I want what you've got because I knew what you were and I now know what you are and I see what God is doing in your lives. May the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit continue to pour through this church here in Coolum as they continue to stand, bringing many people to that place where, of justification where they just know they're writing you, God. I pray that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have I got a few more minutes to give just a few more words? Is that all right? I'm not going to cause everyone to panic in the back rooms or wherever the Sunday school... Huh? For, the, for this lady here in the, in the maroon top, is that maroonish enough? What was your name? Marianne. Marianne. You know, sometimes we go through seasons where we feel like things are hibernating and nothing's happening. But it's actually a very important season. Now, these trees, a few months ago, had no leaves on them. I presume that's a deciduous tree. It looked, may have looked like it was dead. But it was actually building up a lot of internal energy for the growth spurt that it's now in. And there are seasons in life and there's seasons in your life. And God is taking you on a journey that is taking you from uh, far from hibernation being a state where there's nothing happening. God wants to remind you that even when you feel like nothing's happening, a lot of important things are going down. Okay? And here's some verses just to remind you of this. Psalm 62 and verse 1 says, Your soul will find rest in God alone. You may feel like you're in a place of, of, of just rest and nothing much is happening, but it's, it's a rest in God and God's working in you. Hallelujah. What was your name again? Marianne. Sorry, Marianne. Uh, Isaiah 40:31. Marianne says, uh, that you will mount up with the wings of eagles. Um, and, and, the, and your strength will be restored and it will feel like you're youthful again. Woo, Marianne. You know, what that's saying is that there are, there are cycles in life where we go through activity and then it dies off and we feel like nothing's happening, but it's all about preparing you for the next bit. And Marianne, I just feel like God wants to say to you, the best is yet to come. And just keep believing that uh, it's not over. It's not, it's not just a quiet time for nothing. What were you saying, Sam? Were you adding to the quality of what I'm saying or were you distracting from it? <laughs> it's never ending. Yeah, but sometimes it feels like nothing's happening and that's the point. You know, and, and I just want to encourage you that something is always happening in God. Ezekiel 36 and verse 26 it says, talks about a new heart and a new spirit that is in you. 
And God is doing that. He's transforming you. And it's getting better all the time. You watch. And 1 Peter 5 and verse 10, it says, And he himself will restore you and make you strong and firm and steadfast. So Marianne, just remember that it's not over yet. And it never will be until you're called into glory. And when you get there, he's going to look at you and say, Welcome home, child. Because your standing's been established. You're a child of the living God. Hallelujah. And you know, um, when you get there, <laughs> you'll, you will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. And everything that isn't yet glorified will be glorified in that moment. Which is another step in the great journey of our salvation. The ultimate climax when we put off mortality and we're clothed in immortality. That's why Paul said, death, I don't fear you. Got no sting in it because it's a transition into all that I'm supposed to be. So it always gets better for all of us. Hallelujah. So, Father, we just pray for Marianne that she would just understand that you are in the process of restoring her and continuing, Lord, to cause that which might seem dormant to come to life again. And, Lord, that this season of hibernation um, or a season of, not th of things not happening at the rate that we think it should will also lead to a time of accelerated growth. And we just got to rest and trust in you, Lord. We pray that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Does that connect with you? Now, for you, next door, seeing you're so vocal about your mum, let me give you a word for you as well. Now, God wants to say to you, you've got to obey your mum. No, 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 I won't. <laughs> what what excuse me what's your name alex alex you know god's going to give you a capacity in the years ahead to see further than others of your peers you know a lot of your friends and people around you can only see almost as far as their nose <laughs> they they're they're dominated by the things that are right there in front of them but god wants to give you a capacity to see a longer view and even see things that others can't see. In a sense, to see even over the horizon. And God's going to show you and give you discernment about things that lie ahead. And it, it is because God is really wanting to use you with a prophetic edge to your life in the times ahead, where you can start to speak to your peers and others and warn them of things that are to come and tell them about what they can't see, but you've, you've seen it because God's shown it to you. I'm not talking about you turning into some, you know, mystic, you know, weirdo. You know, I'm talking about you just, you can warn your friends. You can talk to those in your workplace. You can discern. No, that's not right. Because there's a spirit of discernment that will come on you. You know, the Holy Spirit, one of his gifts is the gift of discernment. To know what's right and what's not right. And I pray that that can grow in your life, Alex, so that you can discern what others can't even see and where they would fall into traps you'll be able to say whoa hang on no not that way this way ephesians 3 20 says god is able to do far more than you could ever ask think or imagine so beyond your imagining beyond your asking god is already working okay genesis chapter 13 uh, there's a great passage there from verses 10 through to 16 where it's talking there about Abram going up to a high point and being able to see as far as the east as the west and the north and the south. 
you, because he's taken to a higher vantage point. And God's going to take you to some space and places where others are caught down in the valley and all they can see is the wall that's around. But you're going to see things from a place where you can see further. In Isaiah 54 too, it says, Now stretch, stretch your tent wider. Put the pegs out further to encompass more because there's so much more God has for you, Alex. Don't limit yourself to what you think in yourself is the horizon. God's going to give you fresh horizons. So Luke 21, 28, it says, Now stand up, lift up your head, and your redemption is nigh. I don't mind if you stand up, you can. Take these next verse and hold it in your hand. All right, Ephesians 2 and verse 6 says, You are seated in heavenly places in Christ. And you know what? Symbolically, you've just stood up, and that's what you've got to do, is stand up in who you are in Jesus. and Rise up in confidence. Hallelujah. Father, just bless this man. As he stands before you, we just pray that symbolically, Lord, you're taking him on a journey that lifts him above his peers, that lifts him above... Uh, Lord, those things that would keep him earthbound, that takes him, Lord, to a, a higher vantage point and may become one of the, those in this church that can help people understand what their standing can be and, Lord, where they can help nurture the kingdom of God that is being established in this place. I pray that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen. Could I what? I um, think that's something that he's got a mother for. <laughs> Is that your girlfriend next to you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I just I was just thinking you've got two people beside you who will keep you humble. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. For the lady in the, in the black T-shirt at the back row there. Is it? Bev? Hi, Bev. You know, sometimes we, only, we feel that all we're doing is little things. A bit here and a bit there and itsy-bitsy. You know, like it's not really counting for much. You know, the picture that I have, and I've used this illustration a couple of times. When, I was in, when I'm in Sri Lanka and I know... Um, What's your name again? Trevor. Uh, <laughs> Trevor can re remember this very clearly as well. You'll see the ladies out there with these brooms that are just made up of a whole heap of little branches that have been put together and they sweep away. Don't underestimate all the little things you do because they can clean up a lot. And they can, you know, make things right. And sometimes we want the big things and the significant things, but, you know, God is in the little things too. And I just feel like God wants to... He sees the little things you do and he can cause them to work together in a way that will become something of significance. So don't underestimate what you are doing and what you're going to do in the times ahead. Uh, some people only ever want to do the big things. You know, those things that everyone sees, but it's the things that are unseen that are really important. And those things that you can do in your world that nobody else can. And I feel like God wants to say to you that as you work those things out, the kingdom of God is going to be becoming around you in John 16 and verse 13 it says the Holy Spirit he will guide you into all truth 
So, you know, this Holy Spirit is there to show you where to do the activity that you're to do. In Proverbs 6 and verses 21 to 22, it says, God's commands will guide you. Bind them upon your heart. So, like, in a sense, get those things that God has placed in you, bind them together like like twigs in a broom, you know, that become together and God binds them together and suddenly there's given a new purpose in life to them. In uh, Psalm 23 and verse 3, it says, You guide me in the paths of righteousness. And I just see you walking along and things being swept clear. And as you do, it creates a path of righteousness for others to follow in. And you go, look, at, look this is the way, walk in it. John 9, 25, I was blind, but now I can see. You know, and I feel like God is saying there's going to be understanding, fresh revelation for you in the things that he's going to reveal and show for you. In Matthew 16, verse 10, it says, As you're faithful in the little things, you could be made faithful in much. So don't underestimate the significance of everything you're doing. And 25, 21, uh, it says much the same thing. Matthew 25, 21. Does that connect with you at all? You know, sometimes we look for the, um, the loud, the big, the significant. But you know, the most significant things that happen are often the things that are done unseen. Lord, as my sister just continues to do that which might seem little, Lord, as she's faithful in that, Lord, make it something that would achieve much. I pray that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Can I give a word to you as a couple? I presume because you, you put your arm around her, that, that's, the, that's a fair assumption. You know, I, I just sense there are things that have been, I, I don't want to say they're a roadblock, but they've, been, that, they've slowed down the progress. And I feel like God would say to you, now, now's the time to rise up in some faith, afresh, you know, for what lies ahead. Because he's there, he's there in front of you, and what he wants you to, to, stand, to do is to really rest secure in who you are, as in what I've just been sharing about, you are children of God, and therefore you, there's, there's rights that go with that. I haven't talked about that at all, but you know, you are heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. And so that should give a, a sense of pushing through and standing strong in, in what, what God has for you. Now, I just want to give you some verses. In James 4, 7, it says, Now resist the devil, and he will flee. You know, there are forces of intimidation around you and around all of us that would just rob us from the opportunities to go forward. And I feel like there's, a, there's realms of spiritual warfare and the things that you're feeling called to. And as you push through in that, you'll be amazed at what God starts to open up. Because uh, greater are the forces with you than are against you. 1 Peter 5, 9 says, resist him and stand firm. So, you know, sometimes it might feel like this is nothing budging here and I'm feeling overwhelmed by it. Some of that is a spiritual uh, battle and you just stand strong in that. And in Philippians 3.12, it says, Now press on towards your high calling in God. 
So I just sense God's got a lot in store for you, but it's going to take a vigilance of faith between you together and a tenacity of believing and standing strong and not wavering. Um, 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 4, it says, We have divine power to demolish those forces and strongholds that are against us. Divine power. That's your standing. Hallelujah. Outworking that. Now make it come true in the kingdom that is going to develop around you and in you and through you. 1 John 5, 4, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So part of what I'm sensing is a challenge of faith to really go forward. It's not something to be intimidated by, but to realise that the things that are trying to thwart you are the forces that are trying to rob you of your inheritance and of all that is your rights as children of God. And in that process, you know, you're going to step up in this place and in what God's going to do through you and with your lives as people who are maturing and developing in God from one degree of glory to the next. It's going to be great. Does that connect with you at all? Father, let it be for these two and let them not be fearful of that. May they just feel uh, really sure that, Lord, you go before them. I pray that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let them just be so aware that, Lord, uh, they can't do it alone, but they can do it with you, and with you all things are actually possible. Hallelujah. Here's a couple more verses I just want to give you. Hebrews 12, 12, it says, Now therefore strengthen um, your, your feeble arms and your weak knees. You know, that which would at one level want to intimidate you, stand up against it. Strengthen yourselves in God. Um, 1 Thessalonians 3 and verse 13 says, And may you be strengthened in your heart. May that be your case. Um, and uh, linked to that, in First Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 12.10, it says, But when you are weak, then in fact you're strong. Hallelujah. One last one, of which you'll know too probably. Ephesians 6.10 says, Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Hallelujah. God bless you both. I hope that means something to you. As a church, you know, may I just encourage you, I share uh, Tim's sentiments. We really sense there's something happening here. And, you know, this, this church has that twofold wonderful opportunity to both stand in what you are, the kingdom of God has come, and the kingdom of God that is becoming. God bless you, Annette. Can I pray for your church and pray for you in that process? Father, just, oops, thank you for this wonderful handmaiden that you've raised up to lead this church forward. We thank you for this church. We thank you, Lord, for its destiny in you. We thank you for what they are and what they are becoming. Thank you, Father. Lord, let it, let it outwork itself in a way that brings people into this house who gain great confidence in being becoming children of the living God and just know that deep foundation that, that will never shake, be shaken. But Lord, may it also be a place in which they come and they're transformed by the renewing of their minds. That they move on from glory to glory, from faith to faith and become more and more as a community of people, a community of faith who reflect the glorious power of Jesus Christ. We pray a blessing upon her as the leader of this house and the team that works with her. And may they, in partnership, Lord, see this place be blessed of you and many people in this community. 
being, discovering the joy of living life with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you for letting us be in your church. How about you give a hand to, to Hans? How good was that? Don't you just love the gospel, hey? It's just um, beautiful. It's like beautiful music listening to that. And I tell you what, you get a hold of that whole becoming what we are or the now not yet of the kingdom of God and, and you're not going to look back, are you? You're not going to look back. So I really recommend jump online and listen to that message again. Meditate on the scriptures. Get them, get them inside your heart and in your head and, um, and encourage each other in those uh, beautiful gospel truths. Yep. Oh. Great. Fantastic. Yep, that's good. And if you did want to copy the PowerPoint, let me know and I, I will email it to you. That's great. Okay, so it's time to come and just enjoy a cuppa and a bit of fellowship together. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>